How many like light? I do, don't you? You know, um, we we were had the ability to uh, build our house. Um, well, I built it. It's Cindy's house, but I built it. And uh, it's a joke. And I had some help, obviously. Um, but when we did it, we... Uh, it, one end uh, had is two stories is peaked, and we got windows there because I just like a light house. Just don't you? I mean, it's just it's just happier, isn't it? I mean, it's you know when you're when we go through the season where you know it's there's been a lot of overcast. I mean, I grew up in Seattle, you know, the, and Kirkland, and I so I was normal, right? And uh, um, I I I didn't know. The difference, you know, people say, oh, it rains all the time. It really doesn't rain all the time over there. Um, but I tell the story some when we, we were newly married, we had just gone to our first place as a youth pastor in good old the metropolis of Oregon, Oregon. How many know where Oregon, Oregon is? Just a few. It's right. Oregon, it's 10 miles or so west of Umatilla, right on the Columbia. 970 people. And uh, and so we go there, eastern Washington, it's pretty barren and pretty ugly, wind blows a lot, you know, and um, anyways, we got there in September, and it was sometime in November, I wake up, and I look out, and I say, honey, the sun's up again, and it's out, I mean, it was sunny, and it's like, all of a sudden, it struck me, I guess it is pretty overcast over there a lot, and so... Um, but I just, uh, like, you know, it's like the, after those, those dreary days and stuff, and all of a sudden the sun breaks out. We were at, when I was, we were uh, at the Young Married uh, housing there at Northwest College what, during, while well, I was in Bible college, it was um, a sunny day, and I remember um, it was cold, but I put on an extra layer, and Cindy was at work, and I came home from my classes, and I opened up the front door and the screen door, and they, they, were, they weren't even this far apart. Uh, I mean, it was an apartment. And hope for the windows, because I wanted that sunlight and everything with it come right in. It's just, it is, right? I mean, um, uh, and I think that's why, really, the effect of what, what the good news and the truth of Jesus has upon the soul when the, when the, the light of his truth really begins to penetrate, when, when it begins to do its work in all of us, right? You get to walk in a new kind of freedom that, is, that, that can even exceed your circumstance, right? Right? And um, look at John chapter 1, and we'll just see where we end up today. I think I have an idea. But um, John chapter 1, verse 1, just a few verses, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about truth and light. They're the same thing. John chapter 1, starting in verse, um, uh, actually, let's look at, just look at verse, well, we could do verse 1. Let's start there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing that nothing was made that has been made. And this key word here, in Him was life, 
And that life was the what? The light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Where does it shine? In the darkness. But the darkness has not... What's, your, what's the word you have there? Overcome. Overcome. Extinguish. Extinguish. What? Understood. Understood. May have comprehend. We got a version comprehend. Um, it's interesting that that word, you know, it can it can mean overcome, but it means the idea of comprehend, and it, it, it can mean the idea that the the light, the darkness has not understood it, the darkness has not um, conquered it, it has not. Um, um, it means it means the word means to lay hold of, like, to make one make it one's own, to take possession of it. I, I like the word comprehend, although I haven't, I, I like it that the, the darkness hasn't overcome it, but this concept of comprehending, I just started thinking about that. I think of times where, um, a time where you're in a class, and, and right, and you're learning a new concept or a principle, and and you're kind of struggling to figure out, all of a sudden, boom, the light goes on. No pun, well, pun is intended, yeah. Um, the light goes on, and you, I get it. I remember in sixth grade, you know, funny the things you remember. The teacher was ta- teaching something and, and also, I get it. And so she was asking us questions. I was always put my hand up. I got it. I, got it. I was a little, a little too uh, out there. And same thing in, in high school. I remember geometry. I liked math and geometry. You know, I got a, these formulas. And all of a sudden, one day, I get it. Boom. When you, that's comprehending it. I've mastered it. I, I, get, I get it. I can figure it out now. The Bible says the darkness is unable to comprehend the light. To even understand it. To bring any kind of... Uh, be able to, to, to follow the way in which uh, truth really is. And that's why when people are in darkness, they are confused. Because there's no way that they can understand uh, the truth. That they, that's why uh, in Romans it talks about, Romans 1 talks about those who rejected God, that confessing to be wise, they became fools. Why? Because they're in the darkness and they're incapable of understanding and comprehending that, that w- what is true. And um, how important it is that, that we bring the truth of, of, of the gospel, of the word of God into people's lives, salvation through repentance and faith in Christ. Amen. Because what happens is a, whole, a, a divine transaction begins to happen from heaven into you. And, and the Holy Spirit begins to do his work. This, this indwelling work, the, 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 the work that is, is that for every believer, like the, what I believe happened on the very day Jesus rose from the dead in John chapter 20. The first time Jesus appeared to his disciples, he, among other things, he said, as the Father sent me, I send you, I'm sending you. He, but then he also he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was on the day of the resurrection. Uh, and uh, in, in Luke's uh, accounting of it, Luke 24, Luke adds that at that same moment, the same first encounter of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus with his disciples, uh, Luke records that he gave them, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Well, why? Because the Holy Spirit had come. Something, a divine transaction had happened that goes beyond just our ability to just be better people by our own. 
The Holy Spirit begins to open up your minds. And how many would say you've had that kind of a, a, a experience? I, when, I, when I came, I've said this before, sorry for the repetition, but it's just, when I became a Christian, I was just 14, but, but the questions that I had, the, the concerns and stuff that I had about life and stuff, all of a sudden, I didn't have all the answers, but all of a sudden there was like a, a, a knowing that began to happen, like, oh, things are starting to make sense. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that only happens when you come into his light, right? You're not able to comprehend or to understand or to overcome, to, to take, take control of that. And so Jesus come that, that we might do it. And of course, in verse 9, the, uh, speaking about John the, uh, the, um, the, uh, John the Baptist, verse 8 speaks that, that he himself, meaning John the Baptist, was not the light he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light, what I, that's just what I was speaking about, that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Um, and he was in the world, and through, though the world was made through him, the, the world did not recognize him. He, did not come, he came to that which was his own, but the own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, hear this, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Born, children not, born not of natural descent or human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. There's a lot of talk about rights. I've mentioned this before other times, but uh, and really it's only been in the last year or so that that, that, that word, the right to become a child of God. We have rights that come from God, Right? A rights of religion, rights of freedom. I believe that the rights of a parent to raise your children according to uh, the ways you believe you should, that I don't care if, if they're 13, uh, Inslee, uh, you guys have no right to take our children from, you, from us. How many, how many know that at 13 that's rather a, a, a tumultuous time for kids that don't necessarily think their parents are the best thing around? I mean, this is, can I just say this? This is like the devil's playbook. Get those kids right where they're the most most prone to want to rebel against their parents. And they get in trouble. A girl gets pregnant. A guy, they get confused about their gender and they're following. There's this social contagion out there that, that, that these mass groups of young people are all of a sudden deciding that the other gender than they are biologically when they had nothing like that when they were little kids. We know that this is not, not, there's nothing unnatural about it. It's something very uh, sinister. Um, But God's given us these rights. You have have a right to raise your child the way you you want. In fact, I would even say that that SB 5599 that that Inslee signed into law last week or or a week and a half ago, whatever it was, uh, violates even the rights... uh, to worship God according to, to, to uh, your beliefs. Because he comes on and takes your, your child. You can't, you no, know, no, you can't raise your child according to your religious beliefs because they don't agree with the narrative, the woke, atheistic, socialistic, um, um, uh, humanistic uh, views um, that are out there that, that really destroy lives. And... Um, we have these rights. So I, I probably went farther down that road than I need to, but that's me. All right? So forgive me for that. You can't help it. Uh, you know, you, 
You're still here, so I haven't chased you away too bad. But in the same vein, you have a right to become a child of God. You don't, you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But you have a right to become a child of God. Because you are his creation. You are the epitome of all creation, of any life form. I mean, these evolutionists, I mean, how foolish can you be? How did a dandelion become an eagle? I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, or a amoeba, you know, become, you know, name your, your favorite creature. It's these kind of things. God created life, and, and, and he spoke all this in, into existence. But when he came to humanity, he got down. The, 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 Greek, the, the Hebrew word speak of actually getting like in the ground and using his hands and making clay and forming it, getting personally involved in the, in the forming of human life. And he didn't speak to it. He got down, and he gave mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, in a sense. He breathed the spirit of life into that body and became a living body. That's you. We're, we're, we are unlike anything else. And, and in that understanding, God says, you have a right to be my child. And that right was stolen in the garden when, when our first parents decided that they would reject God and, 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 and put their faith in the serpent. And sin entered the world and separated us from God. And yet God said, hey, you watch what I can do. Because you still have a right to become a child of God. And uh, he made a way. Amen? And Christ is that way. And I don't care. It doesn't matter how dark the darkness is. One candle will shatter the darkness. One candle. Right? Because the darkness has no power whatsoever. And, you know, scientifically, there really is no such thing as darkness. Same thing with cold. There's no such thing really as cold. These are just words we give for the absence um, of light is what's left, is darkness. It's the absence of heat, because heat is something. Um, I, I'm no scientist, but they, th- th- there's something, heat has something. But cold is simply what's left when, when, when the heat is gone. And just think about, about that, even that illustration, that um, the darkness that we're, we are experiencing around us might just, maybe not might, but is really the evidence of a, an absence of light that's, that's needed to be in this nation. So that's not the enemy's fault. The problems we're having around here, don't go pointing your finger at the LGBTQ group or the, or the socialists or the woke or the globalists. Don't be pointing your finger at them. Um, darkness does not have power over the light unless the light's shut off then the darkness can reign. And that's why we need to ask God would revive his, he would revive his church. He would awaken us, empower us, because the light only comes from, from him and through his people. Amen? Amen. Through his church. Um, I um, was able to uh, open in prayer for this, uh, this COVID conference that was at Calrius Spokane yesterday. And um, I just heard that it was four hours, and there was a lot of schedule conflicts uh, for that 
yesterday. I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of things. Graduations, marriages, and all these things. But I understand it would be on Rumble. Um, and uh, I'm so... Went till six. I'm not surprised with all the people they had and trying to keep everybody in like a 20 minute and 10 minute things. I stayed within my five minutes, so I want you to know. I, you'll be impressed. Right? I did. But um, but in that, I I, I found a, a few quotes. I I could only use one of them from Martin Dr. Martin Luther King. I, there's two of them. I'll share the the one I shared in in a minute. But this other one, he talked about this. Such a great illustration. Of, of, of what we're seeing today and how much we need, how much we need Pentecost Sunday to start now, right, is this. He talked about, uh, it was a message, he talked about midnight, and he said this, at midnight, colors lose their distinctiveness and become a sullen shade of gray. Moral principles have lost their distinctiveness, haven't they, right? For modern man, absolute right and wrong are a matter of what the majority is doing. Right and wrong are relative to likes and dislikes in the customs of a particular community. He says, We have unconsciously applied Einstein's theory of relativity, which properly described our physical universe, but now, in other words, now we try to apply that to morals and, and ethics, and that hasn't worked out so well. But the idea, isn't that true? When it's dark in the room and there's just like a little light, you know, um, shining in, you don't, you don't see colors anymore, do you? It's the, 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 even those distinctions are, are gone. Um, and then, and then you can't make th- some things out. You know, you you look up and there's that, that image in the corner. You know, what in the world is that? You know, and fear starts coming in. You know, you hear a creak and then you see, you know. Um, but when the light goes on, boom. Oh, <laughs> I forgot to hang up my coat, you know, or, you know, whatever. You know, uh, all the colors and all the distinctions, all of a sudden they're there. And that's the problem with the light. The light is indiscriminate. It doesn't care who you are, what you look like. It's just going to show you for what you are. And so that's what, what um, um, in, um, in John 3, uh, verse 19 Jesus is speaking. He's talking about the light. This is right after he he's talking to Nicodemus about you know for God so loved the world and and he's still talking, um, uh, and he he makes a very strong statement here in verse eight, eighteen. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But he says whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That's a reality. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. Yeah, don't go to hell. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention what, I, what he wants to do in this life. Amen? We recognize that, that, that becoming a Christian isn't just about trying to maybe accepting an alt, alternate way of being a nicer person. It's about saving your soul. 
taking the wrath of God away from you and, and being brought into that right as a child of God that God offers to us. But verse 19 is what I want to talk about. This is the verdict, Jesus says. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Don't we see that? Of course, you've never been that way, right? You've always, all of us here have probably just said, oh, tell me the truth. I want to know how bad I am if I did. Maybe you have. I No. It says, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. I believe that that is, that's, that is the, the very root of the cancel culture today. Don't you dare challenge my corrupt foolishness. And so if anybody speaks out and actually speaks the truth about name the issue that doesn't go along with the narrative, you are to be shamed, you are to be doxxed, you are to be called a racist, a something-something-phobe, whatever. Whatever it is, whatever we can do, they can do to keep actually having a discussion about the issue, about why you feel this way and I feel that way. We have to be able to have those kind of discussions, but they, but they don't. Because those who are, um, those who are intense to do evil hate the light. Um, and um, we see our, our news media. My, my goodness, I, is, is there any kind of major news media that you can have a lot of confidence in? I'm, I don't know. Thankfully, that with the Internet and, the, and various things, there are all, you can find all kinds of really reliable uh, sources. And I, the best thing to get your news is to get it from multiple different places. Amen? Do your own research, right? Be, be in charge of your own uh, information, just like the Dr. Cole yesterday, the first speaker, he was speaking through, uh, um, through Zoom, but he said, uh, take control of, of your medical life. Find, it, find, find out the truth for yourself. And he said, well, another thing he said, do not take any more of those vaccines. Don't take any of them. You've had boosted. Stop. He says, they are killing people. They are destroying people's lives. And, and, uh, they don't want, there is too much, there are hundreds and millions, maybe we could say billions of dollars at risk at these big companies if the truth comes out about these things, and, and it, as, as it slowly is. So, but verse 21, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that what uh, it may be seen plainly what he has been, what he has done has been done through God. The more that we, we want to serve God, the more it says, okay, we need to let the light shine on ourselves. Amen? Like when, before we have communion, what's, what's part of that? You let a man examine himself before he partakes, right? Because quite frankly, I haven't become very perfect. Maybe some of you have, but I, I mean, I've been a Christian, I mean, chronologically for 51 years. You'd think I'd have it down by now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At best, maybe I'm a teenager in Christ. Maybe I'm that, you know. That, yeah. But God is gracious. Amen? But this effort this, to try to keep the, keep the shades pulled, keep the darkness, keep, because that way people can't really... Uh, uh, see the distinctions that are really out there. Um, uh, I mean, quite for this whole thing with with COVID to try and keep people in the dark. Why? To keep you afraid. 
You have, they, you must be afraid. Uh, that's the mantra. And the Bible does not say 365 times fear not. It doesn't say it that many times. I know it's a good preaching thing, but it doesn't. It's about somewhere 110, 120 times, so that's a lot, right? But the point is, because don't be afraid. Anybody can make you afraid. They can control you. And that's what happens. And there's so many people who are still PTSD from COVID. You see them with their mask on their car, the windows up as they're driving down 395. Fortunately, I, don't, I haven't seen it very much anymore, but still, this fear that people have, that even though the CDC, and we still have a poster right there on that cupboard back in the, in the kitchen. I posted that in the first few weeks of, of, um, of the whole COVID thing, because I went to the CDC. I found, what do you guys say about these masks, all those surgical, those little masks everybody's wearing? I mean, they say they don't protect you from anything. The, per, the reason the surgeons wear them during surgery is so they don't accidentally cough or sneeze or something on the patient's open wound, open surgery. That's the only thing. They, and yet, the fear, oh, watch out, you know, wear two masks, wear three masks. But to keep us afraid, keep you in the dark, counting Every single supposed COVID case and letting you know, even though if there's a thousand that 990 of them were just, you just got sick and got over it. And, and, and all these kind of things, we could go down all that stuff, this whole, whole fear. Listen, you walk in the light, you're not going to walk in fear. Amen. And, and, and that same, uh, Belief that we want to walk in the truth. What does the Bible say about how I should live this life, right? What does, what does the Bible truly say about it? We're talking about the Pentecost Sundays coming up. What does the Bible really say about Pentecost? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible really say about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues? What does the Bible say? I don't care what, what the Assemblies of God said necessarily, although I, I, I support them. But, but I want to know what the Bible says, right? If it's true, you can find it. Right? First John chapter 2 says, you, you have the anointing that teaches you. Talk about the anointing is on you. And that's a reference to the Holy Spirit. He's able to teach you. You don't, need, you don't have to rely on just teachers to teach you what, what the Bible says. If it says it, you can find it. Because as a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to open up the Word of God that you can understand it. Amen? And so... Um, when, when, when someone comes along and says, I know everybody said that the Bible says this means this, but I, I had a vision. I went to heaven or I had an angel come or Jesus told me that it really means this. Well, if it does mean it, you'll find it in here. Amen. If it doesn't, um, you can just say, well, you believe that what you want, but I'm, I'm walking with what I know. Amen. Amen. There's this story, you've probably heard it. Um, um, Okay, yeah, all right. There was a, you've heard this, I'm sure, but for those who may not, it's it's very apropos. There's a a captain of a ship, he was at night, looked out and saw this distant light out there, you know? And so he told his radio, Guy, hey, signal that light out there. Tell them to adjust their 
alter their course 10 degrees south. And so he did and got an immediate reply back and the, and the re- reply was, alter your course 10 degrees north. And he was a little like, <laughs> he said, I am a captain. You alter your course 10 degrees south. And the reply back was, well, Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am Seaman 3rd Class Jones. Well, this captain just was furious. He says, Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. And the reply came back. says, Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. (laughs) I love it. Today, truth has become like silly putty. I don't know if you know, I have about half a quart of silly putty. Have you ever seen a half a quart of silly putty? I've got it in my office. And it's, 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 it's 20, almost 22 years old. And it still does all that stuff. But it has no shape of its own. It just takes on whatever shape you lay it on. I, I, I've done that before. I've shown this years ago. But you just take a little, take a ball of it, you know, and you set it on something, some little statue, and just go away. Come back a few hours later, and it will be running down. And you leave it long enough, it'll get thin enough. You could see the image through the silly putty. Because silly putty has nothing of its own. It just conforms to whatever it's on. And we have treated truth that way. It's whatever you feel... If you feel that that's what's good for you, and quite frankly, many in the church, we, we've been afraid to be called judgmental or a something-phobe by calling people out and saying, no, you're, that's not the right way to live. That's, I'm sorry, two men should not be married together. There's nothing natural about that. Nothing. Two women should not be married together. No, no, there's nothing natural. Look at all of nature. You, you, you talk about being environmentalist and you ignore nature when it comes to the most significant relationship between two people. Or to say that, that to that little, that 12-year-old, you don't need drugs, you don't need surgery, you need help. We need to show you that you have a right to become a child of God. You are made in the image of God. God didn't make a mistake when he made you a boy, when he made you a girl. It's okay to be confused. That's just part of life. You've got to figure things out. But you don't have a body problem. You have a mind problem. Amen? That's compassion and that's truth. That we would be so convinced that... His truth is like as, as, is as unmovable as a lighthouse is. Amen? You can move a ship. You can't move a lighthouse. We lived on, on the coast of Maine. We just beautiful, probably, I know the Oregon-Washington coast is beautiful, but I, it, it can't compare to the coast of Maine. And those lighthouses that are there, wonderful lighthouses, but they, they don't move. Um, and uh, it, we are likewise... Um, Jesus uh, spoke about us being the light of the world, right? Um, that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We were intended to be seen and to be known and, and, and to be 
be engaged, right, really, in this world. Um, not, not hiding in our buildings, not hiding uh, from saying the truth. I, I, I'm going to pray for me for some wisdom. I'm not going to make such a big deal about it, but, but I, I have to write my next column for the South Stevens County Times. And what's June? What do we do nationally in June? It's pride. Now, it's Father's Day too, so I, 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 could, I could chicken out and I could just address fathers. And the pressure to do that is like, oh, well, we just accept. I do accept people for who they are. I don't care. It doesn't matter what, where you're at. Jesus didn't care where I was at. He loved me anyways. And I love you and your deception, and, and that's right, because we are all, in, yeah, we, we, we the, it's very clear, none, there's none righteous, no, not one, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're, we're all in the same boat. I love you because I'm in the same boat. You may have problems that I don't, but I've had problems that you probably don't. You need grace, I need grace, we all need grace. And let's come to the one who, who gave it, Amen. And stop leaving people and leading people in a way that keeps, that actually hardens the chains around them and, 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 and deepens the blindfolds over their, their eyes and their hearts. Only the truth can set them, set them free. And we know the truth and his name is Jesus. Amen. It's so much more than just a doctrinal statement or a code of, of, of behavioral, uh, standards. It's, it's knowing Jesus. And I, I've said this before, um, but likewise, when, when you give your life to Christ and he comes in, he begins to lead you into all truth and begins to open up your heart and your mind to things. And this is what we need. This is what our young people need today. And they need to see uh, a church that is alive, that is engaged, that, that loves God, that knows God and is unashamed of, of the truths that are out there, that we can uh, truly, God give us wisdom and, and, and uh and, and words, just like when Jesus told his disciples, speaking about the time that they were going to be persecuted, hey, don't worry about what you're going to say. When you're there, I'll give you the words. So I just, you know, God, can we just say that? Lord, we just, we just need you to give us words. We're going to trust you to give us the words because you, you may not be dr- drug in front of, you know, a, a Roman governor or something like that, but, but you're going to stand before some friends or family members who don't agree with you. And can we just perfectly believe that God's going to give us the words that we need in this time? Because I believe the time is very, very short. There, there has never been the technology or the, the, the I don't think, ever in my life uh, and, and the, the, the powerful players in place to set up a one-world government, speak, spoken of like the Bible was already way ahead of <laughs> Uh, about the end times, um, like we have today, and therefore we need to, we need to uh, know our God, Amen, and know His truth, and and be filled with His Holy Spirit. And Jesus then says, uh, He said He is the light of the world, but He He comes and says that you are that light of the world, that a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So let's not be hidden, Amen, and. Um, nor do people put it under a bowl or on a stand so we, we, they might give its light, um, that people might, might see his, his light of truth. Amen?
almost 60 years ago. This is, I, I did share this in my opening word in prayer. I just want to share it with you. I thought it was just very profound. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, said this. He said, The church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. Did you hear that? The church must be reminded that it is the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. If there's darkness around, that means the light is weak at best. And in this word, that the conscience of our nation has been lulled into sleep. Like I said, it's not time to be be critical of, of those people who don't agree with Jesus, who don't believe in Jesus. It's not time for us to be critical of the atheists or all those folks. It's time for us to repent and say, God, forgive us for not being the church you've called us to be. You intended for us, that, that you, 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 you actually provide that we could be in this day. We've, we've, all of us, all of us, we, we've been used to comfort. There are people who want revival right now, but they just want to get back to normal. And we get back to where I was comfortable. And God said, no, no, that was part of the problem. I, want, I got something better than normal for you. And that's the moving and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and God moving across at least in our region in ways that we could only dream he could do. As we see people get delivered, get saved, and Jesus get glorified in this, in this place. And darkness just has to put its tail between his legs and head for the hills. Not because of anything you and I are doing, but everything but he, God is doing among his people. No more celebrities. Amen. Right? Let Jesus be the greatest celebrity even more than that. Apostle Paul, well, let me pray. I, I see that. Charles Finney said something. Um, I'll just close with this. Charles Finney said, If you ever wondered who was responsible for the moral decay, corruption, and lack of discrimination in our day, meaning lack of discrimination, mean uh, rightly deciding between what's right and wrong, what's good and evil, what's sinful and what's 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 holy. Right? That that kind of discrimination he's talking about. So let me start again. If you ever wondered who's responsible for the moral decay, corruption, and lack of discrimination in our day, it belongs firmly firmly to those who are called to preach. Ouch. The preachers are wholly responsible for the moral decline in our society. And he said, if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall, the pulpit is responsible for it. I agree with that 100%.
And I've, I've had my own le- level of, of, of being intimidated and being quiet when I shouldn't have been over the years. But let's not be quiet anymore. Amen? Knowing the way in which we are to conduct ourselves is not like some braggadocious, judgmental critic, but someone who's unashamed. Like the Apostle Paul said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 For it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, by the, but the righteous man shall live by faith. We don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. We don't, we don't need to apologize for the gospel. This, this sets people free. This saves people. Breaks down the, the walls of division between them and God. It opens up their hearts and minds to, what tr- to understand what truth really is and leads them out of their darkness, out of the confusion. They can't be trapped anymore by the lies of men because they found the truth of God. Amen? And then Jesus said, as Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you're really my disciple, then you will know the truth, right? And what does that truth do? It sets you free. The, the truth, truth and consequences, guess what? If you live by the truth, that's when you know the truth. And guess what? While you're doing that, you're going to walk into freedom. I'll take that, right? And one more, just a favorite verse, Romans 15, 13, another truth and consequences. Um, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The truth is, as you trust in Him, in, in facing the situations you're in and the challenge you are, as you trust in Him, guess what's going to happen? The God of hope is going to fill you with joy and peace as a byproduct of trusting Him. Even, and His intention is that you'd overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What would an empowered Pentecostal, truly in the, in the book of Acts kind of version, church look like that's overflowing with hope and this Holy Spirit? Amen? What could that look like? I want to see it. No, I want to be it. Amen? Because that's the only, only way. I, I, you know, some people have said, I've been told it before, you know, Tim, you just kind of need to like mellow a little bit, not be so intense. And sometimes they're right. You need to have a little joy now and then. And God wants to put joy in us in the midst of, of standing for what we know is true. We're not ashamed. I'm not apologetic. I, that the place that I'm, I, I, I'm a, his truth is, is as set as a lighthouse is on the rock, the rocky outcropping along the coast. And I will continue to shine that light and ask His Holy Spirit to empower it for His glory. And that I would live in that way and know that as I do so, I walk in that freedom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand.